sit back and relax while I listen to Train Kickers podcast. I'm Dave, and along with my co-hosts Dan and Steve, we're going to take you all around the world of miniature wargaming. On tonight's episode, we're going to start a deeper dive into Adeptus Titanicus by starting to go over different legios. The plan from here on out is to do four legios per episode. So in this particular episode, we're going to go through Tempestus, Mortis, Kratos, and Furians. Now, this particular recording was the second part of another recording we have. So for hobby news, all that kind of stuff, that was uh, last week's episode. Do you listen to any of that? For this one, we're just going to go straight into it. And now, on to the show. All right, I think we should get on to Dicanicus, because otherwise we're going to go down Star yes. Wars for a while. Yeah, we're, we're, and we're I'm fine with that, but we'll do that on a, on a separate go episode. Go down the hole of, 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 of cannibalism, Jesus. All right, let's do this. All right, so... Um, our plan is, um, last episode, we went through and we did the various maniples out of the Trader Legios book, which did cover all the maniples that at the, the time of this recording have been released. What we want to start doing now is we want to start going through the different Legios. Now, we're going to do this in book order because that's just easiest, both if you wish to follow along, but also to make sure that we don't miss anything. Um, so, um, we're going to start what we decided um little look behind the curtain what we decide is we're aiming for six to do tonight we're each going to take two as the main person who talks a little bit about their lore reads through their rules and all of that the kind of main person to discuss and then other people obviously chime in we can have a discussion about it but this way there's one person attempting to read it um we have split the first six legios amongst ourselves with the caveat being that we're not going to talk about our own legios when they come up so as um Anyone who listens is very well aware. Dan plays Furians. I play Legio Volpa. They're two of the ones that we're discussing tonight. So we're not going to be the main people to talk about those. Because one, we did that in a previous episode. And that would kind of feel like just rehashing exactly the same sort of thoughts, at least to begin with. And two, um, at least me personally, I think a lot of times where you gain real knowledge is not from what you know about it. But when you hear someone who is on the other side of it talking about it. So what does your opponent think? How does it come across to the other players? What do they think is the strong or the weak point or how good or bad do they feel it is? So um, oddly enough, I think for both of those Legios, Steve is going to be the one who talks about that. But we're just going to go through this. Yep. Um, so we're going to start with Legio Tempestus, and that's going to be me. Um, if I miss any important things, of course, let me know. But So these guys are also known as the Stormlords. Um, they essentially were given that name because in the way in which they enter battle, um, it's actually explained in the book. And like I said, we're on page 1819 where this starts. Um, it's explained in there that the way they would drop their Titans in or the locations they would drop them in, most other Legios would never even attempt it. Um, this is a Legio that got its start on Mars long ago. Um, they had both a loyal and a traitor component. So essentially they had their Legio master Indus Cavallero, who was a strong Mars supporter. Um, they were going out, they had going through the Crusades and all, and they realized at one point that a lot of their Titans needed repairs and they couldn't do them out there. So he took a portion of the forces back. He left one of his princeps, Maximus uh, Karana, um, to keep essentially marching forward. Um, through this, through once the, the schism occurred, so once you had the Mechanicus and Dark Mechanic, or, or however you want to call it, essentially, the traitors and the, the loyalists. When the, when the Death of Innocence happens. Ah. What a badass name. It is actually a really good name. 
um, when that happened, the main legio or 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 the the leader of the legio Indus was on Mars at the time. They straight stayed loyal, whereas Maximus went traitor. Now it turns out if you read through this, and this is actually kind of interesting. Um, where's the crazy word they use? They use, um, he apparently had went a little Nostradamus on everything. He was using past, um, difficulties and, and um, how does that they put it? He essentially looked at past problems and was trying to predict the future. There's, um, teleological, like, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 Tele the last paragraph of chapter on, on page nineteen gives this. Um it's yeah. He's it's an all it's here's where they put it. It's a form of arcane numerology purported to predict imminent and all consuming doom through patterns found in past cataclysms. So he looked at the past, saw horrible events of the past, and said that's gonna predict something about the future. Doing all of this, he decided to side with Horace. The parts that stayed loyal ended up being destroyed. The parts on Mars. His part um, ended up surviving, although there were still loyal pockets in there, which he saw as, you know, this this horrendous thing and went to stomp them out and everything like that. So the only main part remaining now is just the traitor component. That's why they're in this book. Um, we'll go a little bit through the rules and, and like I said, they give you about a page, a little bit extra than a page, about a page and a half on the fluff for each of these. And then they give a bit about their martial strength, what type of Titans they have, approximate numbers and all. And it actually, it's a good read. I have to say, I haven't sat down to read Legios that weren't my own, but reading through them. Yeah. it's a, it's a lot of fun to look at. So we'll start with their rules. So Legio traits, they have two Legio traits. The first one is glory and death. Um, the one thing they mention in the fluff is essentially that what the loyal part did, what Indus and, and those loyal to him did, is you know more than will ever be found out through any of the stories and all that's told, because we don't necessarily know enough about it. But essentially, very honorable right into the end, and their rules sort of fit that. I found it a little bit odd that their rules fit that more as a traitor legion when it almost feels like it's a little bit more of a loyalist sort of um, viewpoint on this but um so before making a so this is the glory and death rule before making a catastrophic damage roll for legio tempestus titan so right before it dies controlling player can make a command check for the titan if you pass it they can make an attack with one weapon and uh, at, at your own choosing and if they pass it by three or more so if they pass it well enough they can make an attack with all their weapons. You subtract one from the hit rolls made in this way. Afterwards, you do the catastrophic damage table. So they will die afterwards. But you do get, if you pass the check, you get one shot. If you pass it well, three or more, you can actually fully fire your Titan before it's destroyed. Um, it's at a minus one, but a lot of these sorts of things are at minus ones anyway. I really like that. I think that's a, a seemingly very strong trait. Because you know one of it, the one of the rougher things in this game is if you get destroyed before you even get a chance to fire in that round, you know. Go ahead. So, it is a cool thing. I always keep in the back of my mind. I haven't done this yet, 
but mm. the original campaign mode for Titanicus, right? Yeah. Was essentially the way that Battlefleet got the campaigns used to work. You had a roster of Titans that would take damage and you'd track the damage game to game and you could, you know, spend um, whatever currency it was, you know, points, credits, whatever it is, mm. to repair um, the ships, or in this case, your Titans, right? But if they're destroyed, you know, they're stricken from the roster, maybe your crew survives, you could salvage pieces of the Titan, but it's not, you know, it's not the same Titan anymore. Yeah. This rule is one of those rules that only triggers after, essentially, you've failed in a sense, right? Like, you failed to keep your Titan alive. Here's a Constellation Prize. Don't get me wrong, it makes there some really badass moments. But it's a rule you almost never want to use. Sorry, you never want the opportunity to use the rule. Yeah. How about that? Does that make yes. sense? You, you don't want... It, it, yeah, it's a rule you don't want to use. You hope that you don't have to use it. But let's be realistic. You're going to. Um, you know, It's it, nice to have. Yeah. It, in, yes. in a campaign, maybe that's a different story because sometimes in campaigns, maybe you have ways for your Titans to leave or, or it, it's going to matter what happens next so maybe you're really trying to save them. But in a normal game, you might look at it, hey you know this guy he took a lot of fire there's no chance of making out of here at least i get a chance to shoot even if they take me down first and it might cause a little bit of priority targets or, or prioritization for your opponent you know depending on when they want to kill it or you know if if, if they're going to end up necessarily killing it right then or or anything like that i from the ones i see it's nice the only thing is it's a roll and if it's say one of your smaller titans if it's a warhound that's not necessarily great odds that they're gonna make it it's what then 60 percent or so like literally 60 percent yeah yeah on your princep sure your princep should make it now if you roll that one you're gonna feel real bad especially if you didn't shoot yet that turn <laughs> um but on anything else there's a chance that you fail so i do like it i would have liked it more if it was you got one no matter what and then maybe you need to pass by a certain amount to get the extra all in. But it's at least a cool trait. I can see that you'll use it because you're going to lose Titans in this game. Um, the other Legio trait they have is this Fury of the Machine. Once per battle, when firing a weapon, a Legio Tempestus Titan that has one or more points of critical damage may add one to the strength value of that weapon. The weapon must have a value, strength value of 4 or more, so you can't use it on anything too small. And the strength value cannot be increased above 10. It can be used in conjunction with glory and death. So if it's a once per once per round, and if you haven't used it that round, when they are essentially, when you're about to die, you can absolutely use it then. So once per round, as long as you've taken some critical damage, one of your weapons is at one higher strength. Um... When I read their rules, again, to me, it kind of feels more... Maybe this is because of their origin or not. It kind of feels like that they're, you know, fighting to the last, you know, never giving up sort of thing. Which plays more into the fluff of the ones that remain loyal than not. But I guess I guess there's not that much of a distinction between the two sides, you know, in terms of that point. But again, I, I think it's a nice rule. It's you're getting it when you're not doing well because you're getting a bunch of critical damage and depending on what that damage is it could be greatly hampering you but let's face it you're probably you're going to get damaged 
So you're at least getting to use your ability. All right. Um, they have one stratagem, oh. combat drop. Um, has to be... it's it's So it's three stratagem points to do this. You choose a Titan scale seven or lower to keep it in reserve. And then it comes in by a combat drop. Um, you place it anywhere on the battlefield more than three inches away from an enemy unit. And then it scatters. Um, if it scatters into a piece of terrain, it stops before and takes D3 plus two strength nine hits. Void shield saves are allowed, which I, I get. That makes makes sense. I guess it's in the void shield first. If after it scatters, it overlaps another model, move it shortest distance, and then it causes a collision. So no, uh, it doesn't get removed or anything like that. Um, oh, no, sorry. There it is. There's the last line. If its base overlaps that of a unit with a scale equal to or greater. So if you hit someone smaller, collision. If it's greater than or equal, the Titan is destroyed. Just remove it, and the other one takes a collision. Um, and it cannot be activated. Um, a Titan that, that arrives in this way cannot be activated in the strategy or movement phase in the round it arrives. Because it comes in the start of the strategy phase. Scale seven or less. That's Warhounds how... and the um, ED two hundred nine. What's that one called? I keep blanking on it. <laughs> uh, what was it? Uh, Borker. It, Borker. That's Borker. not its name. Borker. Either. Borker. Borker. It's oh, definitely not its geez, name. No, but it's the going... Borker. Borker. That's that's definitely it's not the, its uh... name. The war... It's war something, right? It's gotta be a war something. Uh, Everything's a war something except yeah. the Reaver. We're, we're good at this game. We can't remember what shit's called. <laughs> well, and you know what's crazy? It's, it's not on their main site. Oh, it is it on... has not been released. No, it has not been. Yeah, because everyone else it's is been, too... What, what size is a Warbringer? Is a Warbringer 8? War the Warbringer is 9. 9. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's a Reaver. Reaver is. Reaver so, is eight. Reaver's the eight. artillery warhound is a seven. Okay. So essentially, you get to bring in warhounds for three points. Oh, you can bring them in anywhere. It's okay. Has it's a, expensive. Has a. Oh, no! No Dan way. Dan will disagree. Dan's okay. gonna really fight you on this. All right. I think it's an amazing, amazing thing because here's the thing. Okay, so you drop a warhound, right? You drop yes. a warhound, and you can do this at any turn in the game, right? So you can just turn two if you want. Drop a warhound. You can literally drop them in such a way where, if you get lucky, of course, uh, I think it's a one third chance to not scatter. Off scatter, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. Um your warlord will actually never be able to attack the warhound from if it's attacking you from behind literally never you don't have enough turns to actually face the warhound um the only way to do it is to actually uh use the uh the trait the princeps trait to turn for swift killer to turn yeah. 45 when you're attacking um but the war, if you stick this behind a warlord, it literally cannot fire at you ever. Um, did someone do this so to you? So it dropped behind my. Yes, it did. It dropped <laughs> down my warlord. Photographic evidence. Yes, dropped behind my warlord. Um, 
I realized mathematically I could not turn around quick enough to kill it, so I just kept walking forward, laying down fire. It took him two turns, but the turn he dropped, and then the next turn to just kill the warlord, because he was underneath the shield. He was underneath the shield. Um, pew, pew. Yeah, it just, and he had plasma cannons. Um, it's just, if it, I remember it correctly, was, you tried to save your warlord by backing him against the ruined. Yes, I did eventually. There, that right? was the second turn. I did try to back it up yep. against the wall, but by that point, it had already been so damaged by from the initial volley of plasma cannon because the two strength 10 hits to the rear are strength 12, you know? Um, and it hit my, it hit my body. So strength 12 to the body hit four times. Um, already damaged it enough and then he, in the Vulcan that he targeted the Vulcan Megabolter in mm-hmm. just to get some pips in but by the time he already hit my side with the plus one damage I, already, I was already at plus three so the Vulcan Megabolter was hitting me on strength eight wow side plus plus three yeah it was it, it's it's a it's hard to plan against and it's a very good tactic if you if you need it it is expensive it is expensive it's a strat to use in a larger game. Yes. yes. And I, and a I think smaller it's game, you're going to miss having the body on the table to start. Yeah. Yes. And it's a big investment of your strategy points. I will say... You know, in a small think, game, that's all your points. I will say okay. I think it's going to work better with the Porker Borker. I literally don't know his name. I keep forgetting his I'm name. Gonna I'm just going to keep going. It's not Porker Borker. That is definitely not his name. It's on what? Forge World, right? Uh, if only they released... Like, yeah, but it's not released yet. Yeah, it's not released yet. It's Warhammer Community. It was released um, yet. Dan and I w- would have them in front of us to build. Oh, absolutely. I would, about. yes. I love that model. I know people hate it. I love it. It's so cute. I love it. Um, it but yeah, no, it works with the Porker Borker. And the Porker Borker only has, um, the, it has really skinny guns, but it carries a Reaver weapon on the top. So, like. Including the Neutron Laser, which we have not seen before. Yes. So, yeah, no, 100%. You don't know what that does. I, it is expensive, but here's the thing. I know Steve's going to talk about Legio Furens. So is my stratagem, and I take it all the time. Your stratagem is so very strong. It, it is. This I, absolutely this can, it can be. be up there. If you happen to catch a Titan that's isolated, it's going to struggle. Because this plays into the strength of Warhounds, does a war which is their maneuverability. Yeah, stupid question. Does a Warbringer have two turns or three? Or I'm sorry, how many turns does a Warlord have? It's one. In, it's one, right? Warlord has one base push for two. Yeah. How, how many? Does a a Reaver has two base push for three. Yeah. What a Warbringer. I'm not sure what a Warbringer has because it's like half because of a Reaver math, and half of a Warlord. If a Warbringer has only one turn push for two, then it's got the same problem a Warlord's gonna have. Yeah. It's not able to do anything. I like it. I I see this as I think you you have to decide based off of the makeup of your opponent's army. Yes, I agree. Bigger yeah. game, it's more useful. But if your if your opponent is bringing smaller, more agile titans, it's not going to do you any good. If they're not though, if they're bringing a lot of these big slow movers, oh, absolutely. Scenario um, games. This could also be very good in certain scenarios. Oh, very, very true. Yeah. Like if you have like a you know like a control sector of the table thing, you could drop this in. Even if all it does is distract your opponent for a turn and have you know two titans turn to you know deal with it, that's two less titans on the rest of your army. So in scenario play, this also has pretty good value. I feel. 
No, I, I, I agree. I, I think it can absolutely do a lot. I, I think at two, it's an absolute steal. So yes. three is the right price. Because situationally, it's insanely good. Yes. So I, I personally believe that when you're costing things, you cost them for those situational cases or else those situations are going to end up being your typicals. Very true. If that makes um, any sense. It, so a Warbringer is two push for three turns. Okay, okay. so it's Reaver agility. Yeah, it's re Reaver agility. A little bit slower than a Reaver, but Reaver turn, uh, ability to turn, yeah. Re less than Reaver speed, but Reaver agility. Um, the the worker broker whatever you call it it's the direwolf heavy scout titan so it's direwolf a direwolf dire dire yeah, uh, that's what i could remember it didn't have war in it no no wonder i couldn't remember yeah he's a chunky little boy he will be I very yes I, I think when he's released i would be a lot more positive on this um not that i'm negative on it i think it's the kind of thing of you know oh it did really great against me. So, man, it's super awesome. But if you had played that game, you brought him in, and you just, you know, slagged him off the table immediately, you'd be like, yeah, no, I saw that. It wasn't any good. I think with him, it becomes a lot stronger because now you have a very, you can have a very good weapon sitting on top. I don't think, what, what the, what, do, you have, do you have the Neutron Laser in front of you? Does it tell you what the Neutron Laser does? I no. don't. I, um, it, it not unless it's on this page. Article. Uh, oh, yeah, here it is. It was in the article. Um... It's the weapon they give you. Yeah. yeah. For his carapace option, they list it as 45 points. The neutron laser, short range 30, plus one accuracy, long range 60, one die strength seven. It is a bypass, carapace, draining, and shock. Oh, shock. Yeah. Oh, and bypass. So you drop behind. This actually gets you past the biggest weakness of the dire wolf. Oh, wow. Because it I didn't immediately know that puts you behind your target. Yes. So bypass means that strength seven is effectively strength nine if you get behind your target. Yep. Um, sorry. So, you know, dropping gets you up to strength nine. Hmm. Bypass means you ignore the shield. Shock means that if... Um, right? It's the same thing as the, the claws in the Warhound, right? Yes. If you, roll, if you do damage on like a three up, you shut the Titan down. If you don't on a six, you shut the Titan down, I think. I might have the first number wrong, but sixes will always shut the Titan down. I know that. I don't remember it's the nice. exact numbers, but yeah, that's that's it's, what it's it does. It's a nice pairing. Well, a strength nine, a strength nine hit is bad. The ability to shut down a Titan, especially like a war, warlord Titan, oof. Yeah. Oof. Uh, four up. Oh, it's four up. Four up. Oh, it's God. a four up. Yeah. Uh, if it if causes damage, a direct devastating or critical hit. Um, it's a four up. With a strength nine, you'll yeah. be doing. Well, you just have to get uh, anything through. You get anything through, you got it. Don't yeah. roll a one. Don't roll a one. Jesus. Yeah. Some spots even if yeah. you do roll a one on a six, it still works. It. I don't. Doesn't list that under shock. I don't see that. Yep. It. it are you looking in the trader book? No. I can look in the trader ah. book. No, I was looking somewhere else. Maybe it might not be updated where I was oh, no. looking. So they update. Yeah, if you're looking at um the other book, Shock updated in Loyalist and Trader Legios. Got it. Okay. So now if you get a superficial hit on a six, it does something. It does there you the go. Effect. Yep. Yeah, they did update that since when when I looked at it. Wow. Very good. 
wow, 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 wow. Okay, you know. Mm-hmm. And funnily enough, it's 30 inches, you said. So you don't even have, don't even have to hot drop behind the Warlord. No. You can hot, well, you could still do it, but you can hot drop 30. The board's not that big, but it gives you space to be within, because then you would hit it on what, twos? What is it? It's plus one at short range and it's 30 inches. Hitting the thing on twos. Yeah, no, that, yeah, yeah you, that, you can yeah. guarantee. Yeah, 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 yeah. You go into a spot where you're not going to accidentally hit the thing and get destroyed. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Porker Borker makes it a lot better. Direwolf yeah, with with the direwolf when the direwolf's out, then yes, then I think it, it's an absolutely legitimate strategy to take him. Um. All right. So war gear wise for these guys, uh, only one bit of war gear. Uh, Cosmata pattern laser destructors. So essentially, they get better laser destructors. Um, any of their titans can that have laser destructors, paired turbo laser destructors, or paired laser blasters, or laser blasters. So in any form of those, can take these. It's cost is five times the die value of the weapons. So if the weapons throw six dice, it's an extra thirty points. Um, you have to upgrade all the weapons separately that have this, and um, you increase the short range characters by six, long range by three. Um, what are your uh, thoughts? Before I say anything, what are your thoughts on this? Um, what now? What are the? Let me take a look at a thing. I don't know the ranges on some of those. So let me go. It's what in the back of this? Oh, so they're both. They are both short sixteen, long thirty two by default. Okay, all sixteen by thirty two. Sixteen is turbo lasers. Good. Yeah, turbo lasers have no hit mods. Yep. Laser blasters have a minus one at long. Yeah. But you get the extra shot. Yeah. And you're looking at laser blaster. I'm looking at least on the reaver. You're looking at three dice. You're looking at 15 points. It's extra six inches. I mean, depending on what short. you're taking, I think it can be meaningful. I think it can be... I mean, this is a game where stuff costs so many points that saying you have a spare you know, 15 points, you easily probably could. But for some of the heavier weapons, when you're looking at paired ones, um, say you're looking at yeah, even paired um, laser destructors, you're only looking at four or paired laser blasters. In that case, when you're looking at six dice, now you're looking at 30 points, especially in here. Now that you have all these different things you can do with the Titans, I think that might be where it becomes a little much. But, yeah, an extra six inches or an extra three on the long range. So just an extra three overall to the length in which you can shoot. That could absolutely make a difference in some of these. I don't... I love this upgrade. Yeah, I can see that. Because it makes the laser blaster... I hate the laser blaster because 16 inches and past, you're taking a penalty to hit. And it sucks, right? Dan, don't mention Furians. We're not talking Furians. But getting that extra six inches on the short, the 22 without the penalty, makes it actually a viable weapon in my book. You could... So I think this is a fantastic option if you have laser blasters. If you're doing laser blasters with this, which won't be that much, you actually could be having decent turn one shots even. You know, mm-hmm. with 16 exactly. inch, you're going to... And know, laser blasters make a better use out of shield bane than turbo lasers do. Because it's more dice. And with this, you know, you're not taking that penalty at the longer ranges. On a reaver chassis, it's more able to take 
the heat for it. So yeah. I think that this is a fantastic option to take some of my least favorite weapons in the game. Like these really are my least favorite weapons in the game. And it makes them into something that's actually worth putting on the table. No, I can see that. Absolutely. I, I still think it's something you want to... I mean, you always have to watch your points and see what you're spending them on. But I think especially, like you said, on a reaver chassis, I think it's a really good um, option. Because also I think that's a lot of times, at least when I take you know, laser blast or anything like that, that's where I put them. Um, my warlords usually have other dedicated weapons or other things I want to put on them. But my reavers a lot of times, yeah. That might be one of the weapons. And I might be trying to get them up close. Here's a weapon now. At least I can actually get reasonable shots on you early. The rounds where I'm trying to at least maybe take down your shields. You know. But I like it overall. And it's it's not, not too expensive. You should be able to fit. If you really want that, if you enjoy using any of those weapons, you could probably upgrade at least one. Um, for their personality traits, I'll just go through those really fast. Um, they give it a D3 roll. Just choose. Always just choose. Rolling's terrible. Um, Adamantium Resolve. Once per battle, when you Princeps fails a command check, they can just choose to pass it instead. Not bad. Uh, Stormborn. While the Princeps and yours is on the battlefield, the Titan with the same mana pull, including that particular Princeps and yours is Titan, issued the charge order, made declare power to locomotors without pushing its reactor. Not bad. Um, and that's while they're on there. Um, Defiant Warrior, if the Princess Senora's Titans has Voidshell level X, may re-roll any hit rolls of one uh, when making an attack. So if they remove all your Void Shields, you get to re-roll your ones on your attacks. Um, That's nice. Yes. Uh, I think overall, if I the main the main list is a pretty good list. Of these three, if I had to say which one might I take instead, it might be that one. Because sooner or later... You're not going to have your shields. They want that Titan dead. Rerolling your ones to hit, that's actually really big. Especially if you're in spots Pressure. where you're getting any pluses on those. Then you're essentially almost always auto-hitting. Stormborn isn't bad either. Being able to get the free power to look at when charging. I have a silly idea. What's that? The Titan Warrior, right? Mm -hmm. What you do is you put this on um, your Warlord Titan, right? Yep. And you run him in a Regia Manable. So your Warlord, mm -hmm. oh no, you knocked out my shields. Too bad I have these Warhounds I got to share shields with. Yeah, let his shields or go you down do first. It, yep. Or you do it in, um, what's the one we're talking about where the all Titans could share shields? The Fortis? Mm, I think it's Fortis. I'd have to actually it was, Yeah. Uh, this could also be interesting in Fortis. Because you let yeah. the one collapse, go, oh no, anyway, I'm re-rolling my ones. And you do that with, you know, the weapons that really count, and you, that's nice. Because like I've mentioned before, re-rolls are not a common thing in this game. There's no, no spend a command point to re-roll that one in this, you know? There is no, I'm within six inches of my captain, and it's a Tuesday, so I re-roll all the dice I want to. Yeah. Um, that's nice. Like I said, the first one, meh. Stormborn, I like if you are building out Titans that you want to rush up in close combat. And we could have a whole separate discussion of whether or not you should ever try to close combat your stuff. But um, any other thoughts from you gentlemen on 
Legio Tempestus. Ooh, Stormborn paired with Warhounds. Yeah. To generate potentially four extra dice. That could be fun. Yeah. No, I think that there's some fun stuff you could do. One of the players in the campaign I was running mm. was Tempestus. So I got to see the laser destructors in practice. It definitely made them viable because I was watching him where he was playing against our Eldar player which was counting as a Black Shield list with certain combinations of weapons, right? Got it. Yeah. And at the time, he was counting, I think, his pulse lances or whatever they are as turbo lasers. And he went, wow, I'm being outranged. This is not good because I'm being kited. And then, you know, it closed in and like everything just collapsed because that extra bit of range let him get those preliminary shots off. Him that slight early advantage. Hmm. The extended range on laser blasters made them so much more viable because they were actually landing hits. So definitely a good Legio if you're okay running laser blasters everywhere. Um, Disco Reavers love this. Disco Reavers absolutely love this Legio, I think. Ooh, okay. For those who don't know, Disco Reavers are two laser blasters and a turbo laser it's only going to cost you an extra 40 points but you're you're getting decent value out of that those yeah, 40 points whatever. in this in this game you could end up with 130 points just sitting around like i don't know what to do yeah. with this if if you don't want to throw some Christoris knights to fill out your list you will have points for this and some other of the special upgrades that they give either traders or loyalists because i find that's what i always yep. have i have enough to throw in like a small set of Questorus, or I could just beef out my Titans. Here's a great way to beef out your Titans. All right. Yeah. Um, it's Honestly, Go it's ahead. the war gear that makes it for me. It's just the war yeah. gear that makes this one for me. The other stuff is cool stuff to have. I mean, getting strength nine on lasers is also really nice if you happen to have Fury the Machine active. I mean, you know, when you max out all the stuff going on, right? You got strength nine lasers. With good range, re-rolling ones. If you get like all the little things adding up together on your princeps, that could be pretty gnarly. Yeah, I like it. They're fun. Yeah, you'll get to use their abilities, which is nice, and they have decent war gear you'd actually want to take. You you could make an argument for taking it, which is always good. Um, Dan, I think you have Legio Mortis. I do. All right, so let's do some Legio Mortis. So Legio Mortis, ironically, doesn't have that much fluff in the trader book, Not mostly because they are one of the most popular or most famous legions. Um, it's kind of weird. Like, you look at the book and like, wow, that's not a lot compared to, like, what the other ones doesn't yeah. seem like a lot. But they are one of probably the most famous legions. I dare say probably the most famous legion uh, in Titanicus. So... Legio Mortis, uh, also the co uh, the cognomen is the Death Hands, or Death Heads, apologies. Death heads. These guys have uh, been around since the beginning of heresy, before, sorry, before the heresy, during the Great Crusade. They were there during the heresy, and they actually, funny enough, are still around in 40k. In fact, very recent, I shouldn't say very recently, uh, but a, uh, a Legio Mortis Imperator Titan was uh, killed in the fluff. In one of the Iron Warrior books uh, under Hansu, so they they have they're still around. 
Like, right. still in 40K, still going nuts. Anyway, so Legio Mortis, the fluff is essentially, uh, they're known as the Death Heads. They are definitely a little bit more bloodshedy and horrifically <laughs> um, uh, violent. They're a little merciless, sinister kind of things. They're, 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 they're nasty. Um, fun fact, uh, they, at the very beginning, when they were refound um, by, the for, uh, by the Fabricator General, they were not really loyal to the Emperor, even when they were found. And so as not punishment, but as a way to um, make sure that they were being kept an eye on, right? Mm -hmm. They were given to the War Master. Because you know the gotcha. Warmaster is obviously going to be yeah, Warmaster is obviously going to be loyal to the Emperor forever and ever and ever. Biffles. So obviously, when the Warmaster turned, the Legio Mortis was like, "I got this." Um, and like I said, they they saw they saw. I mean, for Christ's sake, they saw combat um, on Istvan. I believe Istvan three. Yep. Um, they saw combat on literal literally the siege of. Oh, sorry. Spoiler. Let me wait a second. They saw combat in the in the siege of terror, Terra, um, and oh yeah, there we go. The Imperator is uh, de, de, oh my god. That's why I write down names first. Array, <laughs> de, dice, dice. No, I'm looking at it right now. It's dice array. Oh my god, Latin. This is what this is what I get for not only not doing Latin since high school. Uh, D i e s i r a e, dice array. Yeah, yeah. High school. I don't know any of this. You ever heard the song Dan from the old Chaos Gate game? Something, something with church bells in the background. Um, this is the one that actually did die, by the way, in the in the forty first millennium or fortieth millennium. Uh, when was that book published? I don't even know, but th that one did die. Yeah, I thought the D a e d r s i r a Fight at the siege, or am I totally mixing it up? I know. No, it didn't die during okay. the siege. It I know died. that it is the Titan in the classic. Yes, it actually got um, taken out. It got taken out um, in the Iron Warrior book uh, when they invaded a. <laughs> when the Iron Warriors, this is in 40k, not 30k. When the Iron Warriors invaded a Forge world that was actually producing Gene Seed uh, for Space Marines, and they stole the Gene Seed. Um, yeah. This is the warlord from the old Siege of Terra. Um... No, not warlord. No, no, no. This is an imperator. I mean, sorry, imperator. Yeah. It's, this, it's is, from... yes, this is this is this is the old Siege of Terra lore, though, right? Like it's like yes. the yeah, imperator. Yes. This is this is yeah. the Siege of Terra imperator Titan took down the walls of Terra kind of shit. This is this is these guys are famous. Um, it's kind of like you don't need to be told about them because they 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 they're they're the story. Now, yep, yeah, and. Post heresy, which they end up being um, Nurgle boys, right? No, I think they become corn boys, or rather, I think they just become um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not unsanctioned, God, unaligned. I think they become undivided. Unaligned. undivided, thank you. Unaligned, that was close. Uh, yeah, no, I think they become undivided. I don't think they become Nurgle. Uh, no, because the first I'll, corn I'll one was. Yeah, the first corn one was Volpa. I know that was the first demon engine too, Volpa. Sorry about the spoilers, by the way, guys, on the story. I mean, sorry. Um, but first, know, it's, first a, it's a twenty-year-old story. There's yeah, the spoilers. First, demon, first demon engine. First demon engine is Volpa. I don't think Mortis became Nurgle. Nurgle. Mortis does go to Nurgle. It is Nurgle. It is Nurgle. Okay, then you go to Nurgle. And who was? Do me a favor. It was Dice Array or 
These are the era that died during Hansu. I th- I'm almost certain I it died. I've, I don't know how to spell any of those things you just said, so I cannot look that up. But dies, don't worry about that. Irate. <laughs> dies, Irate. All right, so let's talk about let's talk about um, Legio traits in specific order. And I I love this Legion, by the way. Um, so first of all, Legio trait is Reaper's Tally. So essentially, this is what we like to call a snowball trait. Each time a Legio Mortis Titan destroys an enemy Titan, it gains the ability to re-roll a single dice roll of one each time it makes an attack with a weapon without the melee trait. So, um, and these effects are cumulative. For every enemy Titan destroyed, an additional die may be re-rolled. So, if my Titan kills your Titan, I now get to re-roll a single die roll of one for the rest of the game. If he kills another Titan, I get to roll two die, re-roll two dies of one. Uh, I kill three titans, so on and so forth. So this is a very big snowball effect. You might not get a titan to kill more than one titan, maybe more than two. Listen, if you're killing three titans with one dude, like, I think you already got that game in the bag. Yeah, but won. even killing <laughs> one titan, yeah, killing one titan with a titan and getting to reroll ones is a big thing. As Steve said, there's very, very, very rare rerolls in this game. And the ability to reroll, yeah, oh my god, in this game, the suckiest feeling is getting that beautiful volcano shot, right? Right into the body and rolling a one. It's awful. But if it already had killed something, boom, just reroll a one. You know? Excellent for a single shot, maybe double shot weapon with high strength. Um, and again, it snowballs. Um, but yeah, that that's uh, just a solid trait. Um, the other Legio trait, they get two traits, um, is the State of Decay. Oh, even before the Infectious Rod of Nurgle took root. Oh, they did go to Nurgle. Whoopsies. Look at me. Not So, once per game, a Legio Mortis Titan may ignore the effects of MIU feedback, moderate a wounded, or princeps wounded for a round. In a round uh, that the Titan ignores these critical damage effects, it may not allocate any repair dice to its head. Each Legio Mortis Titan can use this ability once per game. Um, I don't know. I like this one. What's funny is I've never really died to headshots before. It's mostly body shots or leg shots. Mostly because um, leg shots have less health, but are but more armor. Um, body has less armor, but more health. And head is just less health, but just the highest amount of armor. Yeah. I haven't died to head, but it's 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 nice, you know. It's nice. And what it is is, okay, so you really want that order out, but your princeps is wounded or your your MIU feedback is, is happening and you don't want to repair it. You don't have time to repair it. you got to really quickly kill this Titan. <laughs> Maybe because you have Reaper's Tally up and you know you're going to snowball. All right, state of decay it. Now they get to ignore it. It's, 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 it's functional. It's a functional trait. It can work. I am underwhelmed by um, it. I'm underwhelmed, but I, yeah. like when it works, it works. It, it's a free. It's one of those like it's free. You know what I mean? Uh, but they're all free though. Everyone it, gets free abilities. I, yeah, exactly. Like, to me, when it's I compare to it to Tempestus, I will get those because you are going to hurt my Titans, and I don't care how you hurt yes. them, you'll hurt them. Here, if you hurt them in a very particular way, I can not be negative. It's not bad. It would. I. I would have liked maybe a little bit more. I understand why they gave it, though. It's much more fluffy Mighty than it corrupted. is useful. Hold on. Maybe you have a corrupted Titan. Maybe you have a corrupted Titan. Remember, corrupted Titans affect your um, your uh, command, right? And then you get also MIU feedback. You can just ignore that, 
critical effect and just go back to the corrupted, right? Well, I, I don't but know. You need it's, it, uh, You're looking at it, though, for very particular reasons. I don't know. Maybe it's my personal experience. I rarely see head damage. Yeah, at least not of a critical level. You might take a few, but no, yeah. if you're getting because as soon as you start getting good on the damage track, then you're aiming. The spot you're losing aiming is not the head, by the way. Head has the least amount of health. So if you're getting the highest, it's the shortest armor, track, but the highest armor. Yeah, very true, true. But like yeah. at that point, if you're getting critical, it's plus three. Like my Gatling blaster right. is going to take off I, your head. Right. At that point, either you're dead or you don't care because honestly, I never see a tactical benefit to attacking the head. Like yeah. the legs, I slow you down. I can maneuver you. The body, you now you're heating up and you're cooking. Yeah. I can even disable a weapon to prevent you from using it. But right. the head, like, oh, I got a, I managed to maybe get a critical because it's harder to do with the heavier armor. Great. Your command checks have a penalty. Oh, no. It's, it's still a Titan. That's mostly operational. Yeah. And then the next tier is, oh, you know, your minus one to hit. Okay, that's something, but then that's two critical damage you somehow have to apply. At that point, you just, you know, get another hit or two in and kill the thing. Yeah. Like, I don't see tactical benefits to attacking the head as a called shot unless you randomly hit the head. There is the tertiary. So, there is the tertiary you could The headhunter one, right. That's when you kill a titan. You have to kill the titan with it. Which, again, means that this rule isn't going to help you. Yeah, like it's so. Yeah, it's a nice fluff piece. They get like, two traits, yeah. um, one stratagem, two war gear. So let's look at the stratagem, because you know all the legios get different things. Sometimes they get one trait, two traits, three traits, whatever. So the stratagem, march of the dead. I actually love this trait, by the way. So uh, or this stratagem, this stratagem, it's three points. So this is one of the heavy duty ones. This will take uh, half of your points if you're playing seventeen fifty. This stratagem can be purchased by any Legio Mortis player. Play the stratagem in the strategy phase of the first round. So it's only the first round, and it's a strategy phase. Which does suck if someone Vox Blackouts you. Um, so if someone takes the Vox Blackout and you take this, sorry, you're shit out of luck. Uh, the Legio Mortis player may immediately move each of their Titans as if it was the movement phase. Now you can't declare power to locomotors or power to stabilizers when making this move. But you immediately make a move. Um, and the other player becomes the first player, so you, you cannot be first player for this. I actually enjoy this, uh, this, this stratagem quite a lot. Let me explain why. And then other people, you guys can kind of fill in or maybe tell me I'm an idiot. So the board is only four by four feet, right? Now, obviously, this may not affect the warlord that much because they only move, what, four inches, right? Not that much. But a reaver. Let's look at a reaver. Let's say you have a nice, I don't know, uh, what the hell, Corsair Manipul, you got your reavers. This You play this at the beginning of the game, and they don't box blackout it. Every reaver now gets to move for free in the first turn. This is great for repositioning. You can get behind a building. Or let's say you have a melee reaver and cough, cough your traitors. So you have access to stuff like warp jump. You have access to corruptions. You have access to boost your um, motors on your legs to move faster. Um, let me give you... And by the way, it's not part of your maniple. You can do this with any Legio Mortis Titan. So uh, you could technically do this with a... Um, oh, God, not the... Uh, not the gun war masters. What's the, the close combat war master called? Iconoclast. Um, iconoclast. You can use the iconoclast. Move him up four inches. So deploy him as far as it goes. Move him up four inches with this. 
and move everyone else four inches, right? So move them up four inches. Then, turn one, uh, move him up again and burn his engine, so he moves six, maybe double move him, so he moves up six. You can give him the stratagem to now move him eight, so now he's moving four plus eight is, well, we're up to 12 inches up the board, right? You gave him a double move, so he now moves another 12 inches. This asshole just moved goddamn 24 inches up the board on turn one. It, 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 it enjoy. <laughs> like, it, I, I, I think it's a really powerful stratagem. You don't take it all the time, and I think Dave kind of hit the nail on the head. You take this when you look at the other arm, the ar- other arm you're playing, and you're seeing if it works. Or you kind of have to sometimes build for it. Like maybe you have a double melee, you have three double melee reavers. You know what I mean? Um, this one I think you build. But yeah, no, I like this strategy. Yeah, you got to build it, but I think it's still good. It's still like if you look at someone and let's say they're taking all, um, you know, heavy long range weapons uh, with a fortis manipulus. They're going to sit in the back and bombard you with maybe some warhound flanking. Use this to just close the gap. Um, what do you think, Steve? So, I've never been impressed by the Mortis rules suite. Agreed. I do think that your ideas are interesting with the March of the Dead. I just don't know that it's worth... For for the way I played the game, which granted, you know, is my very specific way of playing the game. Exactly, yeah. I don't see the benefit of a single extra move in the scheme of you know a i mean in a four turn game an extra move is nice but it's and it's extra move for i guess i've yeah i guess i've never thought about the units that you're bringing up where i was like oh warhound's an extra move because you know i'm like oh i get to move more i'm using fast units warhounds let's go I never th- considered it with the slow units that gain a lot from the extra distance so in turn one. Take a, take a warlord. So I never thought about yeah. yeah, I never thought about warlords with this. It's, it's interesting. I still don't love it. I don't not love it. Three. But it's, it's nice. I feel like this is one of those stratagems that does not scale equally across game sizes. In a huge game, like sure, take it because you know. You have a ton of points between, you know, like if you're playing a, like a stupid big game, you get a lot of mileage out of this. If you're like a small game, you get almost nothing out of it. Because three stratagem points, when you have 12 titans, you know, that's a quarter of a point per titan that you're paying to get an extra move, sure. When you have, you know, three titans, it's a whole stratagem point per titan. Then it's poor value for money, if that's making any sense. Like it's not, it's not, uh, it scales. I mean, also, I mean, if you, let's say you have a five reaver list, right? You have a five yeah. reaver list, and almost all of them have, and let's say all five of them have power fists, or or chain uh, chain blades, whatever. You just moved all of those reavers six inches up the board. Turn one, those five I reavers. I think that Mortis, the way like you're you're describing things right now, is best with a war master, because reapers tally is amazing on a war master because yes. it's one of those titans that is able to get multiple engine kills i feel like Agreed. a lot of titans don't get the ability to kill multiple things throughout a game like maybe you'll get two kills 
you're a legend if you manage to get three kills. Warmasters can do it. The extra speed for a Warmaster is appetizing. Def- it's definitely appetizing. Um, 24 inch moving. I, uh, I still don't love the stratagem, though. I would spend it on other things. 24 inch move iconoclast right there. I don't know if your math is no, right. No, his on math that. is not right. So, but, I don't know. Okay. So, so move four, four plus right? six boosted plus no, six eight, boosted. Eight. There's That's... another stratagem you can take to give them another plus two on the boost. So eight. Right. If you have points at that point, yeah. yeah. So that's uh, yeah. twenty uh, inches. You're playing with six points, so this is no. Expect so four plus eight shut plus eight. You get thermal Yeah, mind. four plus eight right? plus eight is twenty. Oh, it you is did 20. twelve yeah, and 20. added it again. Yeah, it's only twenty. Now, uh, that, I see. That's still impressive, but yeah. to me, if you're doing all that to be close combat, then you're neglecting some of the other things, like Reaper's tally. It's not going to help you because it doesn't work in those combat weapons. Not true. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think the problem there is this thing is cool when you can think of the perfect scenarios where it works. But you need that perfect scenario and those really good scenarios to make it work. I think otherwise you're spending, you know, at least at a 1750 level, you're spending half of your command points to, to maybe get something cool. Maybe. You know, I... There's other ones. And at that point, so your warmaster's only doing anything combative in turn two onwards, and you know, in response, what I would do because at this point, you know, I haven't moved yet with my army. When you've declared this stratagem, you do the stratagem. I now know what your game plan is to an extent, right? Yeah. You play stratagems, then you do orders, and I see, oh, you're double moving. Great, and I. You know, move my forces in a way that I'm spreading out. So you have, you know, so you're gonna have to you have split targets for this guy when it's eventually your turn. And in my turn, I'm going to be surrounding you, getting rear shots, trying to avoid your weapons because it is still a war master. It still has one slash two turns and a base move of four. And there's, I I don't know, gonna be isolated. not to rush through this, but I want uh, Dave put out something really interesting, and I want to, I want to kind of reflect on that because you talked about Dave how the, the Reaper's tally doesn't work on melee, right? True. It does not. And yet, there's a war gear. So the next thing on the list is a war gear, and I, mm-hmm. the reason I'm skipping it, you'll see why in a second. Okay. There's a war gear called Remains of the Fallen, right? This is for the Legio Mortis, twenty points, and basically, um, if an enemy unit is within eight inches of one or more of the titans with this upgrade subtract one from the command checks they make right this one's weird because you still want to be close and if you're close you want melee weapons in my opinion so it's weird that or warhounds and here's the other thing too with march of the dead right that also means that i'm closer to you so i'm in my short ranges faster like, you're paying points to make my game better for me. There's... Maybe it's because I also play, like, an up-close game Yeah, that I'm not yeah, seeing the value I of I play up-close games, so this helps me. That's I, why. I, I, I play I... Bruiser... I play Bruiser Warlords. If I can get my Warlords up the field that much quicker, that helps me. What, one last thing on it, and then I think we'll move on to the other uh, parts of the War Gear. Yeah. The one thing I don't know if you mentioned or not in, in that March of the Dead, if you use it, 
your opponent automatically becomes first player for the round. Yeah, I did say that. Yeah, no, okay. that your opponent becomes first. That, that 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 could also be a big distinction. Like, hey, I got some cool moves, but now you're going to get to do the first thing each and every time. So you could fire first. You can shoot me later first. You can do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but let's we'll we'll move forward because we're we're. Yeah. Very undecided on that one, which is it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, right now the big feeling I'm getting with Legion Mortis is that they're meh. They're good, the, yeah, but they're not. They fit. You play they, Mortis fluffy. for the fluff. Yeah, you. They yeah. fit fluff well. Um, so I already mentioned Remains of the Fallen. Uh, another war gear that they could take is Warmaster's Beneficence. Uh, but oh my god, Beneficence! Oh, what a glow up! <laughs> what a glow up! Jesus Christ, Beneficence! Um, basically you pay 25 points and ah, this one I hate so much. It does. It's just still bad. Once per game at the start of the strategy phase, a Titan with this upgrade can increase the strength value of a single weapon it is equipped with by one. And that lasts until the end of the round. This is so much better than it used to be. It used to be the same cost, but it was the first turn. Ooh. In so case at least you forget, you decide the later. first turn is when everybody has shield. So, okay. And so they yeah. don't particularly care for your strength. Yeah. Getting to so, use this in any turn makes it so much better. I mean, you know, Is like, it amazing? I mean, I just, no, but there are plenty of times you want that extra bit of strength. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what? It's 25 points. This is nice. Like I said, every now and then you have that 40 points you need to spend or 50 points you need to spend. Boom. You just pop this twice on on, on some some people and you got like a strength eight Gatling gun. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I like it more and, than uh, Remains of the Fallen. Yeah, I like it more. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's only personal five traits. More. That's not much. All right, personal traits. Again, don't roll, choose. The first one is Rotten Hearts. This is a long one, too. Uh, when the Princeps in yours Titan fails a command check to quell the machine spirit, it may choose to pass it instead. But if you do so, it increases the Titan reactor level by two. Ooh. So, yeah. What's the second part? Listen, yeah. Failing the command, the machine spirit check sucks because you cannot choose what you do, but the reactor level by two also sucks. So, eh. yeah. again, you want to be put in a bigger titan. You want a war master or you want a warlord. If the princess titan is corrupted and instead rolls two dice, rolling, re-rolling duplicates when rolling on the awakened entity, and you may choose the result. Now, that I like. That I like. Because the corrupted titan table is a little scarier than the uh, machine spirit table. It's um, double-edged, definitely. It's double-edged, so I do enjoy that one a lot more because you get more bang for your buck. If you have a, but again, it's if you have a corrupted titan. If you don't have a corrupted titan, then um, don't bother, you know, taking this one. Uh, pitiless? I actually don't know how to pitiless. What the hell is that pitiless. word? It's pitiless. lacking pity. Pitiless. Really? Yeah, pitiless. Ah, interesting. Pitiless. Uh, the Prince of Titan adds one to the strength of its weapons when targeting an enemy Titan that has suffered at least one point of critical damage. It sounds cool. Adding one strength, amazing, awesome. But for Christ's sake, if the thing already has critical, dam critical damage... It's probably already plus three. Although, or at although least plus hold on, three. as I say this, my brain... It pairs with bolters beautifully. Well, I, I was just going to say, as hold a on. finisher. If you're not targeting that location, or if you have a blast weapon, this is sexy. So let's say you're shooting a Titan that has critical damage, but you're shooting a volcano cannon at it, right? Or you're shooting a quick cannon. The quick cannon's only strength nine. It's a quick cannon, maybe right? you need a volcano cannon. You don't need mm -hmm. the extra. Yeah, you know, but the quick cannon's only strength nine. Or let's say you shoot a plasma cannon and you don't want to target. 
Now you that strength, you know, that strength eleven. That that's nice. That now you're volcano cannon strength essentially, or maybe volcano cannon. It's it's good. It's I like it. It's not the best. It's again, it's meh. Ancients of Terra. Uh, when the Prince of Titan must roll, roll in the reactor overload table, he only ever rolls a d6, even if the reactor status marker is in the red hole. I don't like Ooh. this one. I well, don't like this, this one. This would save you. Because no, no, no. you run right. so hot all the because time. Because if um, if you are doing gain, if you are danger, if you are in the danger zone, this keeps you in the fight instead yeah. of risking an immediate okay. catastrophic meltdown. Yes. Okay. Okay. As a player, if you're on red roll, Titans, this matters to you. Multiple times. This should be the one. <laughs> this should be the one that you actually like. Yeah, but I love seeing the Titans go nuclear and then wiping out my foe. We have to get there um, first. Yeah, has to get there first. We're but I like it. I, you know, like I said, the Legio Mortis. They're they look first of all. Their paint scheme is amazing. I do like their paint scheme a lot. Their paint scheme, um, the and again, they're mad. They're not weak. They're just they're, they're fluffy they're but not strong. That's yeah, I, yeah. Uh, it's not that they're not strong. It's just <sighs> when I compare it to other rules, I don't think yes, they are exactly. Yeah. But but that's fine. I mean, I'll put it this play way. what you to, want. To compare it to 40k, or to compare it to Sigmar, you're not playing Gloomsky Gits when you're playing Mortis. Inspire you're more gets. playing... Oh, what did I say? Gloomsky Gits, right? What's the shitty army in Gloom's... Sigmar? I think it's Gloomspire Gits. No, it's Gloomspite. It's Gloomspite. Gloom I don't know, one of those two. Yeah. Well, you're not playing gloom spike gets with Mortis. You're playing more like you, you uh, said that's what it was. Yeah, gloom spike. Yeah, you're not playing gloom spike. You're playing more fucking I don't know OCR Bone Reapers. They're not the greatest. They're not the worst. OCR Bone Reapers are also on that list where they get bonuses for killing things because oh, they're shit. terrible. Okay, never mind. Point is, they're okay. <laughs> All right, let's go this one I like more. Now, talking about Glow Up, talking about Glow Up, holy shit, this Legion. All right, so this Legion, I'm going to a little story time. This Legion sucked big time when they first came out. They were all It was so bad, I I wanted to play Kratos. It was so bad, I didn't. Now, let let me explain to you why they were bad, ladies and gentlemen. They have wonderful rules, excellent rules. When it comes to blowing up buildings, no one uses those rules. Um, no one uses it. Destructible terrain is really interesting because if you play Kratos and you play destructible terrain, you can quite literally blow up buildings with the easiest of ease and then target the Titan that is now hiding behind it, right? Excellent play for Kratos. No one plays with destructible terrain, so you're absolutely useless, right? Absolutely useless. And it felt bad. It felt bad. These guys completely changed in the trader book, um, and for good, and for good reasons. So we're going to talk about these. These are Legio Kratos, uh, the God Breakers. Um, these guys are Perturabo's Legion, uh, Legio, if you will. Um, these guys are the premier artillery kind of, oh, is that a city? I like it to now be a parking lot, Legio. <laughs> um uh, these guys fought very heavily uh, with, alongside the um, the Iron Warriors. Um, they're also traitor, of course, because we tell them they, and they they're siegers. They they are literally siegers. Again, they they fight with the Iron Warriors. Um, they fought in a bunch of different battles. Um, 
me see here. What battles did they fight? Um, oh, the Beta Garmin Custer, of course. And Beta Garmin, that was basically where Talarn was a beautiful, beautiful forest, lush, beautiful world. And now it's a desert. That that was Kratos. <laughs> Kratos did that. So, so you're saying um, they paved paradise and put up a parking lot? That's what you're saying. Yes, essentially. They turned into 100%. a desert. Dan, Dan has no idea These that's guys, a song. Oh, is it really? It's, oh, a, it's a lyric that. in a song. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Someone out there is like, oh, I got that. And Dan wasn't one of those. <laughs> Me, I'm like, I will point out that their color scheme is actually one of my favorites, though. It is teal. It always seems and, to go that way. And teal is such a good color sometimes. And they got like a nice teal color. Um, and uh, one, one of my fr- our friend, Brett, um, I don't even know if he listens to the podcast, but if he does, he does, he does this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. He had, I think he sold it. I want to say he sold it, but he had this absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous. And I kind of wish I bought it. uh, Kratos Legion, uh, where he used a very light teal with some orange uh, weathering, uh, like rust red. It was just fucking beautiful. Jesus Christ. Um, Oh, that pops. Oh, it was beautiful. I wish I had pictures. I do have pictures. I do have pictures. Dave, I'll send it to you for the YouTube. I absolutely I forgot that I had pictures from years ago of that. Right. Um, I will absolutely send that to you now that I'm thinking about it. Um, all right, so let's go over the God Breakers. Um, so first of all, they have uh, one Legio trait. They have two Stratagems and a War Gear. Ooh, look at that. Mix it up. So Legio trait, Doom of Worlds. So when fielding an Axiom Maniple or a Myrmidon Maniple, so you have to field these two, a Legio Kratos player may take a Warlord Titan in place of a Reaver Titan as part of the Maniple's mandatory components. So, I mean, I'm, there's more to that, but first let's break that one down. So Axiom Maniple, remember, is one Warlord, uh, one Warlord, one Reaver, and up to, I think, two Warhounds. You can Warlord take... Reaver Hound is the base. Yeah, and then Warlord Reaver Hound, and then Warhound extra Reaver extra Hound. Yeah. So you can replace both Reavers with Warlord. I mean, you might not have the points. Just but one. A Warlord. Oh, a Warlord. A. Oh, okay. Not any. It's a. Oh, okay. They but do. Still, they do Warlord, just have a distinguishment in the Two Warlords, a Reaver, yeah. and two Warhounds is how I run my Regia Maniple anyway. So that's really nice. Um, when fielding a Regia, oh sorry, an Myrmidon Maniple is what. That's three warlords and a reaver. That's two, like two warlords and a reaver. Point is, yeah. So three warlords. I don't know how the fuck you're fitting that, but it's still it's a great. Big enough game, you can fit it. <laughs> when fielding a regia maniple, my favorite maniple, or precept maniple, a legion Kratos maniple may take a warbringer nemesis titan in place of a warhound. God, I wish I was cried uh, uh, Kratos just for this. Um, a regia maniple with two warlords. A warbringer and a warhound is is oh my god! And now remember, it's it's Regia Maniple shares in shield within three inches. So now you can have a warbringer sharing with a warlord. No, not Wait. right. Oh, is there is there more to that? As if it was a king or queen. The king and queen can't merge. The hounds can merge with the king and queen. Yeah, the hounds you're, you're can the hound merge with, with the, the warbringer. You're right. The you the rest of the read the next sentence. Oh, this is always the problem you have. You get excited about rules, but you don't actually oh, read the full rule. No, yeah. okay. So RTFM. Yeah, TFM. Still a warbringer with uh, two warlords and a warhound. Still amazing. Still amazing. Um, in addition, when filling a forward manifold, a Legio Kratos player may take a single Warlord Titan or a single Warbringer Nemesis Titan in place of a Reaver Titan as part of the Mandible's mandatory components. 
Essentially, they will trade up for a larger Titan when they can. That is their trait. Um, I like it. They like the big guns. Yeah, I, I like it. I'm not going to complain about this one. I play I play Furians with mostly large models. Um, it lets you put I, I, like Warbringers in spots where normally you wouldn't. And since you can oh, sub yeah. out, you might be able to play in a little bit of a smaller game because otherwise you have to fill a mana pool and then add it on unless you want to bring one of the specialized ones they have. Yeah. No, I, I like this one a lot. Yeah, it, it's very cool. Yeah. So let's talk about the stratagems. They kept one of the stupid... I just realized they kept one of the stupid uh, destroying terrain stratagems, which whatever. So first... Strat- it's a stratagem. Yeah, and it's Which cheap. means you know before yeah. you take it. Before it was a trait, which meant half your rule So if you're playing with destructible terrain size, so Legio specific stratagem. This one is three. So on on cue with the most expensive stratagems here. Uh, Civilization's Ruin. This stratagem can be purchased by the Legio Credius player. You reveal the stratagem in any strategy phase. For the duration of that round, enemy units hit by an attack. Just hit by an attack. Uh, by made by any friendly Legio Credus player with a weapon with the Quake trait suffers the effects of the Quake trait even if the hit was deflected by the shield. Holy shit. Now I should continue on because it says the stratagem does not affect Legio Credus Titans issued with a split fire order even if the order was issued after the stratagem was played. So you can't split fire your Warbringer with uh, <laughs> a Quake Cannon on the top and two Volcano. You can't do that or two Quake Cannons in two separate directions. But... Yeah. Quaking something through a shield is fucking nuts. Big. That is that is big nuts. Um, so I'll use myself as an example. I play a very bruiser heavy, short range fighting, knife fighting list with my Furians. If I get quaked on the first turn, I am fucked <laughs> with a capital fucked because that fucks up my move. That. I believe was it half move also as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. Your move is cut. Your move is cut in half. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. No. Oh my god. Yeah. No. I don't get concussed. But you do no, get no, quake. It's, it's, no. I know quake. Yeah. Just no. Quake. You're moving. You, yeah. yeah. I cannot move anywhere. Two inch warlords. Well, you, you go. Yeah. You go half speed. Each inch counts as two. Well, that's the same. Two inch now warlords. You, you don't get turned around because that's concussed. No. No. You don't get turned around. Quake. But, but still. It's still it takes away your opponent's momentum. And that's in a big way. Turn, doing this on turn one, or just really any... Oh, no, this Reaver's going to charge me. No, you're not. <laughs> like, that's pretty damn great. To play that stratagem all of a sudden and and just quake someone if before someone gets charged is amazing. Um, I love this. Uh, this I like this stratagem. I'm not going to take it every game, because you have to build for it, obviously, because you have to have a quake weapon. You can have several right, to work. if you this one. It's, it's three points. Yeah. You have to have several, but, but it is something. And But you know what? You're, listen, you're taking Warbringers instead of normal. Warbringers have quake cannons on the top of them. So you could have, absolutely, you can build towards this. It's not hard. You're not as limited as the people. But if you're, it's a strategy. If you, if you have like two or three quake cannons in your list... And you see someone with like melee reavers, fucking play it. Where are they going? They're going nowhere. No great. It it's good. Yeah. It's expensive, but if you build for it, you could have fun with it. Yeah, this is. I like this a lot. Now I should point out. Oh, sorry, Steve. Did you want to add to this before I go to the next one? I, I mean, you covered it pretty well. Just 
cutting down your, your opponent's speed is it's big in a game like Titanicus. It it could really make a difference. Like against me, this would be huge because my game is about moving, trying to flank you, and getting charges off. If you have my speed, I'm not getting charges. It's a big question. Mm -hmm. Um, that I'm realizing a quake cannon is a large blast. Yeah. Yes, sir. If 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 I'm facing off against um a warhound maniple, and they're all Mm -hmm. bunched together, right? Mm -hmm. Does that quake pass to the entire fucking thing that I that I just hit? Did you hit like, all their titans? Yeah, it's a large blast, and they have to be touching enemy, the shield. Enemy units hit. If they're, sh- if they're sharing shields, yeah, as long yeah. as you're actually touching them by the time it's done, yeah. Oh, God. So so if, like, you know, three of them are touching and sharing shields, and that large blast hits and doesn't deviate? Yeah. You just quaked three warhounds with one shot. Yeah, because it doesn't say anything about the hole is the part that does. It's essentially, they were hit. Yeah, as long as they're hit, yeah. as long as it doesn't scatter off of them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, I like this a lot. And it's easier to build towards. You could ignore it if you want, but why? This is a pretty cool thing. Also, it has to do something with the war gear as well. We'll get to the war gear in a second. Uh, You also have a one CP stratagem. This one is one you can buy if you're playing with destructible terrain. Uh, This is the only time you take it. This stratagem can be purchased by an elite geocritus player. Reveal the stratagem in the strategy phase. For the duration of the round when targeting terrain, you get two to your strength of your weapons. In addition, all Legio Kratos Titans reduce the strength of hits suffered as a result of dangerous terrain by two. So the the last part, eh, whatever, who cares? Um, First part, with dangerous eh. terrain ever. But the scatterable mines. Oh, true. Okay, true. they got nerfed, but they they they're, they're annoying to play with. Okay, they okay. are very um, strong. But no, no, adding two to the strength of weapons against buildings. So for those who don't know the building destruction rules, um, essentially the idea is that your building has an armor value. That de- that it, it's not codified in the book. Um, this is why no oh, one plays it, by the way, because it's exactly, not codified. It's not codified. Yes, yeah, that's there's, the no, there's no guidelines. Even there's like no guidelines. Is a building but, armor five or armor ten, like as a typical 12. building. But the idea is, if you roll on the building and you get a normal hit on it, that's not. Uh, it's, it has to be pl- uh, just a normal damage on it. On a roll of five up, the building is just gone. And if you get a critical hit on it, so that's something I think it's uh, above for its value, um, then on a, a three up, it's gone or a two up, it's gone as such. Essentially, this makes it easier to remove terrain off the board. This is, mm-hmm. again, if you're playing with destructible terrain, you take the stratagem. The, you literally, it's one point, you take it. Because there are so many times during this game, especially with movement, where someone's hiding behind a building that you need uh, you to blow up. And you just you go can fix that problem. Yeah, you could just literally fix that problem with a Vulcan mega bolter. You know, it, 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 it just tear the building apart. So yeah, I yeah. Um, but it's, it gets very situational, but hilariously great. Ah, the war gear—the one that everyone shit their pants over. Earthbreaker missiles. A Legio Kratos warlord or reaver titan that is equipped with the apocalypse missile launchers or. An apocalypse. What? Oh, because the S. It's it's plural. So yeah. <laughs> a warlord's like I was like, wait, did they just copy and paste? No. So if the warlord is equipped with apocalypse missile launchers, or the reaver is equipped with an apocalypse missile launcher, you can take an Earthbreaker missile upgrade for twenty-five points or fifteen points, respectively. Twenty-five for the warlord, fifteen for the reaver. 
What this does is when firing the Titan's Apocalypse Missile Launchers, the player can choose to either use its normal profile, meh, or reduce its dice value to four for a Warlord Titan or two for a Reaver Titan. So now you go from ten to four or five to two, right? However, you now give it the damn Quake trait. Uh, also, the Earthbreaker missiles are now strength five uh, when shooting to no, 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 no. Re- Reading is fundamental, Dan. Reread that last oh, line. Oh, increase their strength by five. Five, five, not two, five. Two, five is, is nothing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hold on. Holy shit. I didn't even. Oh, my God. So I will get to that in a moment. First of all, missiles having quake. So if you let's say, you know, you don't want to spend three points making your uh, making your quake, uh, you know, pass through shields too expensive for you. Fuck it. Make your missiles do it. <laughs> oh no, your Warhound stripped the shield off this Reaver? Okay, quake it. <laughs> Split fire and quake that motherfucker. Like, it's, this is, I think, a really, really stupid good trait. Because guess what? You can also now quake knights. Right? Let's say you don't take a quake cannon. That sucks, and you're facing a night player. Oh no, this fucking sucks. And we know we know a couple night players, right, Steve? Oh no, he's 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 got a bunch of lancers coming in. How can I stop these poor lancers from? Okay, idea: make them move six inches a turn instead of twelve. I'm gonna toss a single missile his way. Actually, not even a single. I'm gonna shoot four missiles his way, hitting on twos. Okay. Fun fact, Apocalypse Missile Launchers are Barrage. So, okay, I hit you on a four. Now you're quaked. Yeah. It's nice. Like, it's, it's super nice. It, it's, it covers the weaknesses of an inherently big Titan army because it goes, I can't move, but you know what? Fuck you, you can't I'm move. Can you asshole. <laughs> I'm not moving, but neither are you. Um... I, and yes, going back to the missile, you increased your strength by five. So strength nine against the building. The book does give a rule, and I want to say it says the building armor value is. Dave can look it up as I'm doing. I've never seen armor. this rule. I, d- I it's, don't it's, know any of the building rules whatsoever. But here's the thing: who cares? It's they they give for values for assets. Yeah, they but it does give you values, a normal armor value. It says it's either ten, eleven, or twelve. It doesn't sure. go above twelve though. It does not go above 12. So increasing your missile to strength 9 means that all you need to do is roll a 3-up and then a 5-up, or you need to roll a, i do math here, a 5-up into a 3-up, which I think is the same statistic then, right? Did you say 3 into 5 and then 5 into 3? Statistics professor. So if you're increasing it to, and you have, so you have four dice, you can either roll three ups and then need those three ups to go into five ups, or you need those four dice to hit fives to then go into threes. Which I think doesn't change. You're talking about the same amount of dice either way, though. You're throwing four dice both times. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, I think it's the same way. So yeah, you're the same. So yeah. Yep. I like it. I like it a lot. And Uh, it's 25 points. Honestly, with that, I wouldn't even, I, I still don't care about the fact that they can destroy terrain. Fire that at something. You're not going to have strength on It's more useful. Train, yeah, but uh, don't I, care I, about that destructible train. That, that, you know, yeah, it's better for a rule that no one's going to use. You can true. use it now to but, hurt someone's titans. 
Exactly. Or they said, or they're... Quake or Knights. Knights, I would absolutely use against Knights. Yeah. The one reason I stick a Quake Cannon on literally every one of my... At least one Quake Cannon on every one of my games is just in case I face Knights. Literally, as a just in case. Yeah. This 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 solves that problem. Uh, personal traits. Mm-hmm. Uh, Godlike Contempt. <laughs> awesome name. I love the names of these. Uh, Prince of Titan may still make a command check even if another friendly unit has already filled its command check. Okay. That's good. I like it. Maybe you don't have an axiom. Yeah. You fail a command check. He still does it. If he needs to. It's it's meh. It's okay. Um, World Bane. Any blocking terrain destroyed by a Princeps Titan becomes dangerous terrain if it is not if it was not already. So remember, to, when buildings get destroyed, they don't become dangerous, they become difficult. Sure. Dangerous terrain is something else, and I don't I literally know never what read dangerous it. terrain is. <laughs> Never read it. I do know so it does it's damage. Like the you. more you move through it, the stronger it is, and it generates a single hit against your legs. Okay. It's basically it's a punishment to light titans, but big titans don't really. Yeah, I think the, the more inches you pass through the dangerous, it hurts. Um, I don't think knights ignore dangerous. I know they ignore difficult. They do. They ignore dangerous. And ignore. Yep. yep. You sure it's dangerous sure not they good do. terrain? Okay. Yeah. They get both. Okay, okay. And then pri- Path of Iron. <clears throat> iron within, Iron without. <laughs> the Prince of Signoris may make a single smash attack uh, during the movement phase, provided it is against an enemy model of lower scale than itself. Stop the Titan when it comes in range of a target and resolve the attack, then complete its movement as, po- as normal. When making these kinds of smash attacks, the Titan may move through models of scale three or less, provided they can completely cross the enemy model's base. This attack does not prohibit the Titan from making attacks the following combat phase. I love this. Just Let do me a drive-by. Why? Again, yeah, not only will them. Okay, so you drive-by, which is already hilarious as it is. One of the worst things that can happen to you as a bigger knight or bigger Titan is that someone base blocks you. Especially with knights. Knight, take three knights and you could literally just stop a warlord from moving. Congratulations, they don't do shit. But now your warlord could just be like, excuse me, step over them, punch them on the way through, give them a uh, smash attack is what D3, what's a warlord? Scale 10? D3, D3 strength scale plus one. Oh, plus yeah. one. So DV strength 11 hits on the knights you just decided to walk over. They're not blocking shit. Yeah, I like you, it. You may not, but on a warlord, and you might not be hitting anything either because you're on fives. True. Yeah, fives to hit. True. Yeah, it's true. a cute rule. I think that if you want to do something silly, it plays into it nicely. I wouldn't just be like, oh, I'm going to pick this trade up because I think it's fun. Like, you have this. to have at least a hint of a plan for it. I got this. Double melee. I actually warlord. like it on. I actually like it on Reavers. <laughs> Double melee warlord. Let's go. Double melee. Warlord. I like it a lot on Reavers because <laughs> this this pairs with a charge order. Nothing says you can't do this with a charge. Oh, so you true. could charge and do two d three. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Can you charge and then maybe line up a side swipe on a Titan and then you continue the movement charge? It says you can keep moving afterwards. Yeah, you can keep moving. Yeah, yeah, I like, okay, okay, I like. It's neat stuff. You have to have a plan. Yes. 
in your army composition for it. Yeah. But it it's neat. It's um, funny. none like of it. these are huge. I would probably use no. one of the default book ones if I wasn't doing something yeah. weird for that last. No, one. most definitely. And that I think is it's going to be the unfortunate thing of most of these is the base ones in the book are just more universal for good use. Yeah. All Honestly. right, Steve. All right, Legio Furians, the Tiger Eye. Um. Fluff-wise, I know Dan's going to be mad I'm not giving this as much coverage as he probably would. Essentially, oh. they're from a Forge world that was falling apart. Um, its government kind of collapsed. It kind of splits into a bunch of factions. There's some Xenos that show up. It's a bad time. The Tiger Eyes are fighting for survival aggressively. They're not passively hiding in a fortress like, ah, stay away, aliens. They're like, you know, they're going out and they're hunting things down. But you know, their, their strength is dwindling as a result of it because they're not stopping to rearm and everything. Um, luckily for them, the Great Crusade, it's a thing, it's happening. And the Iron Warriors, not known by the name yet, but the Iron Warriors drop down and they start a liberation campaign. Very bloody campaign. Lots of Iron Warriors died, but they do, in fact, manage to secure the Titans. Um, and they get brought into the fold. They do weird things, though. They're very bellicose. They're always looking to go to war. But they're always a little late to actually reach the battlefield because they're doing all of these kind of um, like tribalistic rituals before and after battles, trying to appease the many faces of the Omnissiah. Um, and that kind of plays into the rules a little bit. So they're, they have two traits a stratagem and a war gear item, and they are all pretty nice things to have. So their first trait is called Machine Rage, and basically what this says is when you roll the reactor dice, you don't have a blank symbol. Your blank is your Titan goes crazy. You don't take the heat, but you do go crazy. Um, you if roll you fail the command... Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you fail your com command check, you don't randomly figure out what it is you get to choose what you get um for an, for a non-corrupted titan if you have a corrupted titan you roll twice and pick which of the two you want so you have more control over it on a non-corrupted titan but you still get you know some benefit on corrupted ones um i really like this rule because i like playing dangerously with the reactor die i push some t I'll be dead honest. Sometimes I push the reactor just to generate heat in hopes of blow myself up if I'm in a bad situation. Or I'll push my reactor because I'm hoping that maybe, just maybe, I'll manage to get an extra attack off by rolling a machine spirit symbol and then failing a command check and then rolling one of the results lets me attack. And that's with not Furians. If I'm playing Furians, oh, I'm pushing my reactors every opportunity I get. Because getting to choose what I do means if it happens, I could choose to immediately repair. I could choose to immediately attack. I could choose to immediately move. These are all great options. So basically, it's like an extra little mini activation game that you could potentially be playing with that. Um, did I get anything wrong there, Dan? 
Um, it's a double-edged sword. <laughs> it is fun to play around with, and I have, I am um, guilty of trying to activate the machine spirit in case I'm about to die or something. So my favorite thing is like, if I'm about to die or if I'm dying, I'll overload the reactor just to get, hopefully get that free shot out before he dies. You know, oh no, he's going to target his body. You know what, I'm going to pump, the, I'm going to do something to try to do something before. But now one, what yeah. sucks is if you don't want it to happen. So, like, for example, I, I, one of the things I like to do stupidly is to run a, don't ever do this, by the way, is a triple volcano warbringer, right? Um, don't ever do it, How many but times it's fun as hell. <laughs> That's what I Out thought. of most of my games, like 30% of the time. Oh, my God. A good 30%. I run it with the Arcus Maniple. Um, so, okay. He gets crazy at the near the middle of the game or end of the game, fine. But if he goes crazy and you roll like a bad command check at the very, very beginning, you can't do anything. Remember, there's, it's not like, oh, okay, I failed my command check. I get to, I'm going to choose to fire one of my weapons. All right, I'm going to fire the rest of my weapons now. That's not how it works. Um, you well, that action then, ends. Yeah, so if it's a move, to... your move ends. ends. If it's, it's you know combat, pushing your shield, well, you still get your shield push. That's nice. So yeah. it's great for when you're getting attacked. Like I said, when it, you're attacking it, it, the weapon, stop. So it's... you pick that weapon to make an attack with, or you pick another weapon that you want to double up on anyway. So, for example, if I have a warlord and I shoot the missiles and I don't knock out shields, right? And it's like a double bellicosa, you know the the default warlord from the starter box, right? I fire my first Bellicosa, and I happen to get the machine spirit, and I happen to roll a one or two and fail my command check. But as target shields are out, great. Forget the Bellicosa. I'm shooting my missiles a second time. I and then the other Bellicosa. Well, no, you or can't if the shields are out, no, 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 no. You have two Bellicosas. Oh, right? do the two Bellicosa right. missile warlord, right? Like the, the starter box warlord. Oh, got it. Now I understand. No, okay, okay. Right? You don't take out if you somehow don't get the shields knocked out first, and you happen to roll machine spirit symbol. Oh no, my my firing sequence ended. Oh wait, I'll shoot my missiles again. Or you pick the weapon that you failed to check with as the weapon you use for the attack. Exactly, but and, and you're you pick the one where you attack. You're hitting worse. That's you're okay. Hitting four it's up, a blast but... weapon. It's a blast yeah, weapon. It's, fine. it's it's it. <laughs> I've had it, the problem, so I've had it been annoying and I've had it been amazing. And it's about equal 50-50 on that. I've had it where it's like, well, fuck, stop it rolling blanks it. and failing. This is getting annoying because I actually want to do something with the Titan. Um, it makes it difficult to push for movement. Yes. Which makes some of the um, maniple traits that give you free movement pushes a little more valuable to a Furious player than to other players. Because yes. people say, are like, I don't care if I push my reactor on a reaver. I mean, I just go a little faster, whatever. Furious, they can actually get shut down by it if they want to yeah. move. Because that remember, happens. pushing for speed happens at the beginning of your movement, not the end of your movement. So if you want to go fast, you need to hope you don't get that one in three and fail the test. Yeah. So Corrupted Titans... Are going to suffer under this. Absolutely. Um, pivots, you can do at any point in the move to push for additional pivots. Um, so that's a little less risky, but still, it's it slows you down a little bit. 
All right. Um, the next trait, um, many faces of the Omnissiah. <laughs> so basically, they see you know the the machine god in all these little aspects of everything. Um, and they take a moment at this you know before the battle begins to contemplate how the Omnissiah is in every piece of machinery and how incredible that is. And it kind of gives them this like this laser focus they gain and they just get these insights. Um, so in the first round of the game, any Titan from this Legio can give up its activation in either movement or the combat phase. Um, if it does nothing for that phase, it gains one die they could use later in the game to re-roll anything related to that Titan. You could re-roll a shield. You could re-roll a hit. You could re-roll a damage. And I think you could even re-roll catastrophic damage yes. for yourself. And it's any die. Any die you want. Yep. Um, and what I think is interesting is this does count as activating the Titan, right? Like, you activate yes, the Titan to forego the activation. So yes, you, you can have to play the, um, what's it called? The activation, um, like the null activation game with this. Whereas I'm of the opinion you cannot play null activation games with emergency repairs. You cannot. You actually, I think the FAQ this, I'm not going to find it, but I'm almost like a thousand percent certain that you can't just be like, you literally have to do nothing. You have to activate it, and you have to I say, activate oh, this Titan, and it does nothing. Yep. I'm done. You don't touch it. You don't look at it. Now, remember, you can do this for the movement phase and also the shooting phase of the first turn. So you can two dice. rack up two dice, essentially. Um, but yeah, it's, it's you sacrifice that phase. It is very specific. You li- don't look at it. Don't touch it. You point to it. You say, I am doing whatever fucking freaky ass these guys are known for like their weird ritualistic nonsense. I'm doing whatever freaky ass ritualistic nonsense I'm doing. Leave me alone, and I get it, and I get a reroll. I think this would be really nice with the direwolf. Um, way back when we first like saw the direwolf, uh, you know, previewed, Dan and I were talking a lot about how this with the neutron laser could be a big deal. Absolutely, because if you don't get the hit, you could try again to hit. If you don't get the damage, you can try again for the damage. If you don't get the shutdown, you can try again for the shutdown. Like one thousand percent, it's a scary combo. Keep and the it has the range, out. and it has the range yeah. where it Keep. does not need to move in the first turn. Keep the direwolf back for for turn one, literally, because remember you can't do anything for turn. Keep it back. You gain two reroll dice. Set turn two, go you nuts. Pop out, shoot. Turn three, move, shoot. Yeah, it's. It's a it's a nice trait. Yes, losing activations sucks. Big suck. But you get a reroll for just don't make sure anything. you're not playing this wrong. You have to activate the Titan. You can't just be like, all right, activate again because he doesn't do anything. No, no, it's it's you activate him, he does nothing, now it's your opponent's turn. It it still mm-hmm. counts as going back to you. Which honestly is stronger because it lets you null activate, see your opponent's actions, and then respond with other titans later if you need. Yeah. I like the, I like this a lot. Yeah. Um, all right. Their stratagem is called Offensive Surge. It's a three-pointer. 
And what it does is it lets you fire one of their weapons a second time at the cost of one heat. Um, for And this goes across one of your manifolds. So, obviously, with this, you would want to gear up for one bigger maniple instead of, like, say, two demi-maniples. Um, this is very nice for that turn where you need things to die. Dan made excellent use of this against me once when he brought a uh, Warmaster, a bunch of Warhounds. The Warhounds did extra bolter shots, making sure my shields were out. And then the Warmaster just made sure my shit was dead. Like, dead, dead. Dead. And then a little more dead. It is expensive, and it costs heat, in addition to the cost of stratagem points. This is one that you definitely look at in big games, and you could consider for medium games. Um, it doesn't scale as much as the Mortis three-pointer does. But it is still nice. One thing I want to point out, and this is a good trick with the stratagem, is that it doesn't inter you it, you don't have to shoot that weapon immediately, right? So let's I'm gonna use a warlord for example. Let's say I use my apocalypse missile launchers, right? Blow out your shields. I shoot you with a plasma cannon, and then I shoot you with a, let's say I have dual plasma cannons, and I shoot you with both plasma cannons, and I really hurt that body. Let's say they both hit the body. I can go back to the apocalypse missile launchers and shoot them again. I don't have to go apocalypse, apocalypse, plasma, plasma. I can go apocalypse, plasma, apocalypse, plasma. I can go apocalypse, plasma, plasma, apocalypse. I can go... You, you, the point I'm trying to make is it, it's, you just select the weapon and fire it again. Yep. It's a non-sequential... That's the wrong word. Basically, as you're going, you can say, ah, this weapon, let's do it another time. But let's, any course, like, let's, let's circle back. Yeah. It's 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 a very nice ability to have. It's one of those, again, like everything in Furians is a win. I feel. Oh, this war gear is so lovely. Um, the no, hunting no, also. One more thing with the stratagem. Hold on, moment. It, mm -hmm. You need okay. to play. This is the big. You need to play at the right time. This you play in the command this, phase. So oh, fun fact. Oh my this god! Don't yeah. give a shit about no box blackouts. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, That's there, gross. The amount of times I fucked up this stratagem by either playing it too early, playing it too late, being voxed blacked out. Um it, cuz it's it's you do this in any command combat phase. So this avoids vox blackout. Yeah. Right? This completely avoids vox blackout. Um what this doesn't avoid though is you fucking up your timing. So like if you play this too early, oh wow, my entire mana gets to fire again, except who gives a shit? Maybe they're, they're out of range. You fucked up your ranges. Or you play it too early and you do a bunch of damage, but you didn't need to do damage. Anyway, point is you need to time this one correctly. That's the hardest use of this stratagem. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Um, and then their war gear, the hunting aspects. Yes. Essentially, at longer ranges, you get to ignore one point of to hit penalties. Um, yeah, over at over 12 inches wake, ignore one to hit penalty point. Mm -hmm. So it means they could shoot things that are behind light cover at full effect. Heavy cover, only a minus one. They could do targeted shots at long ranges. 
with only minus one to hit, which is pretty nice. Um, when I look at this, oh, it's a 20-point upgrade, so it's a little pricey, but not terribly expensive, because it does work on all of your weapons. So it's a you know it's it's a it's a once it's a thing you buy once across a fully stacked maniple. It's only 100 points, you know, for five five copies of it. On Warhounds, it's proportionally dense. On Warlords, you kind of just do it and forget about it. Um, this does go into Laser Blasters because it puts them at, you know, threes to hit instead of fours at longer ranges. I want to try this in a Precept Maniple. Because if you run the Warlord up and keep Warhounds back as support, instead of being up front, kind of reverse normal play, push up the Warlord turn one. Have your Warhounds do their weird little rituals. Turn two, you pounce. And you use the... And the Warlord is going to give the Warhounds plus one to hit. When they target... um, Units within 12 inches of the Warlord, because it's a precept maniple. So now Warhounds are BS2 up, essentially, and ignoring a point of hit penalty. It's It's got some nice pairings. This also goes really nice with that Neutron laser on the um, the Porker Borker, the Direwolf. Because um, again, ignoring one point of hit penalty is very nice. It means you could do targeted on fours, or hit on threes, or twos if it's in light cover. Um, sorry, threes if it's in light cover, twos if it's in light cover, and within thirty inches. Like it's it's a nice piece of war gear. It, it's part of what, in my mind, uh, and and we might run across you know, some so other legios yeah. that I feel differently about. But it's part of what, in my mind, makes them like the strongest legio. Yeah, you 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 can so... fire your guns again, one of them, and. You that one of the big things in this game is ranges and penalties and trying to get cover and and all that and they essentially ignore it, not entirely obviously, but to a large extent. This I works on not just it. it's not just cover; it's any hit. Oh no, I know. But it's like so, like they, they target better or they cover. Ignore yep. strategy. Yep. Um, if you do a um. The the blind fire stratagem, it's a minus two to hit something, right? Yeah. Only minus one for you. So you could give yourself a minus two to get hit and only, you know, suffer minus one shooting outwards. That's one way to do it. Or the inverse, you could neuter an opponent's to hit chances on their Titan, but hit them at a soft minus one penalty. Like it, there's a lot of ways to run that war gear, and none of them are wrong. Make sure you stay 12 inches away. That's yes, you have to stay at least 12 away. Which, um, which for it's an interesting it restriction. It's an interesting restriction. I don't think it's the worst, but it is something you have to keep yourself honest I've on. Run into it a couple times with smaller maniples. Again, this is also because I run bigger units, or not bigger units, bigger uh, titans. Mm. Um, if you're running against quicker maniples, um, this does become a problem because they just literally need to get literally 11.9 inches away from you and uh, you can't really target anymore. It, 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 it takes away that ability. Um, it's not bad, but it's also not good. 
Uh, but it's an excellent war gear. It is an excellent war gear. Yes. Just realize that. Just realize to stay away from twelve, and you should be good. I. To be fair, I've only put this. I never put this on my warhounds. Never put this on my warhounds. I don't even think I put this on my reavers because reavers are always duking out. I don't even think I put this on my warlords because my war my warlord with the plasma do. and the laser blaster. Oh no, yes, the plasma and the laser blaster I do. But the laser blaster, laser you blaster. do. So it's basically a twenty that point native minus one. That laser blaster. That's it. Um, but the plasmas don't gets, mind it. He gets close. Plasma's what plasma's I really plasma. use this for most of the time is usually my volcano cannon, quake cannon, apocalypse launcher warlord, or a warbringer that's sitting in the back sniping. Um. I I will put this on the Warlord with the Plasma, Gatling, and Laser Blaster, mostly to stop the penalty from the Laser Blaster, which is really good. That's what makes the Laser Blaster really good. Um, also to target, because that, that Warlord's usually up front bruising, and so if I need to kill a target fairly quickly, I'll, I'll, I'll try to ignore that negative one for targeting. Um, but again, that runs into the problem of he's, he has to be, what, so Warlord is scale 10? So he has to be 10 inches away to use the Top Guns. Mm-hmm. But outside of 12. So, yeah, it's just you got to be careful with it. I've gotten better with positioning um, and I've gotten m- way better with tactically, tactically using that stratagem. But it, it takes practice. It's not something you could just kind of push button and win. You need to know how to use it. I don't know if it made any sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, definitely. And then uh, going through the traits really fast. Um, Titan Stalker. I'm um, targeting enemy Titans within eight inches. You could add one to armor rolls, provided that the target Titan has a scale equal or higher than your own. Essentially, you are good at taking down things that are bigger than yourself. So this is hilarious on a Warhound with bolters. They got under shields and in the rear for a plus three, plus four if it's a coordinated strike. So uh, really good in a um, looper call maniple. It's also decent if a Reaver is going out hunting Reavers and Warlords. Because this within eight inches, that's you know, that's your melee weapons, that's your Gatling weapons. It's nice if you're playing aggressively and running smaller titans. Um, the next one, Humardu Savage. When the Princeps and Uranus Titan makes a smash attack, add two to the strength of the attack. Again, I like this on Warhounds. Because it brings them all the way up to strength nine when doing a smash attack. Yeah, strength nine, which is not a bad place to be. It's also good on reverse because it's up up to strength eleven. Warlord strength thirteen is that the point where it's like, is this really necessary? The answer is no. It's kind of not. No. You're also probably missing with that smash attack. Yeah, you're not going to hit them. Um. So it's not so hot. And your war masters cannot be um, a princeps. So doesn't help them either. So yeah, I'd say this is decent on if you have a reaver or a warhound as your princeps and you'd like to play with charges a lot. Last but not least, um, maybe least, almost certainly the least. Yes, we have trophy taker. This is just a way of saying, uh, fuck you, you don't get to have your weapons back. If a weapon is disabled um, by this Titan, using a smash attack or a melee weapon, it becomes one harder to fix that weapon. 
So basically, you can disable someone's plasma and make them fix on sixes only. Or like a melee weapon, push it from twos to threes to fix. It's just a little extra fuck you to someone. Um, the problem is, with those weapons, you're, they're melee trait. You pick what you hit. And if you're in melee, you're probably going to hit the body, because that's what's the most effective thing to hit. Or even the legs, keeps them running away. This is just toying with your food. And I don't think that any of their other rules reward them for toying with their food. So I don't see a reason to actually genuinely go for this, except to be silly. Uh, agreed. I, so, I, I've had cases where yeah. I, I do go after someone's weapons because they're about to fire back at me and, and, and do all kinds of damage and everything like that. But in this case, no. I mean, there's there's better traits. And this Legio, I think, wants to be, for a lot of their stuff, outside of 12. You want to be able to use that. You want to be able to use your multiple shots with your your stratagem and all of that. I I, I think there there's many better options than that one. All, again, all, all three of theirs yeah. are kind of meh to me. All so, their traits want them to be in melee. Yeah. Everything else is nice for shooting. Yeah. I'm gonna add one really funny combo that I've never used, but I do want to use eventually. And because it's a named Titan, so I don't use named Titans. Uh, you take Ibn Farouk. Um, Ibn Farouk's special rule is basically if you're targeting a Titan that's bigger than him. Now, he's a Warhound, by the way. So if you're targeting a Titan bigger than him, so everyone else, he gets plus two to the armor pen roll. So you take Ibn Farouk, who's 200 points. You give him two turbo lasers. So that's 240. So now those turbo lasers are strength 10. Uh, when you shoot at something that's larger than you, then you give him Titan Stalker. So he's shooting strength 11 turbo lasers. Oh, that's so nice. What's his ballistic skill? Do you know if it's two or three? Because some two. of the legends have two ups. Two. Yeah, he's a two. Oh. Two okay. So he's shooting. Okay, okay. And you can give just, him hunting just a Really? Just to really lean in, lean in. Hunting yeah, 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 precept maniple. Just throw warlord forwards, and do targeted shots on twos with strength eleven turbo lasers. I don't even. Th- I don't know what the precept is, but it, it's it's the one where the warlord has his hunting pack of warhounds. <gasps> That's but, right. Uh, oh my it god! It turns out that the warhound is the brain behind the operations the whole time. Because plus one to hit's a big deal. And you could essentially, yeah, hitting on twos with a targeted shot is because you'd have hunting aspects. <laughs> North one, you're hitting on twos, and you get plus one to hit anyway. So you're hitting on ones because yeah, so minus two plus two, and strength yeah, targeted shots at twos with strength eleven. As long as you're twelve inches away, and yeah. the target's within twelve of the warlord in that maniple, but that is that's that's mandatum funny. That's oh, my dad, and that's what I'm thinking yeah. of. I yeah, Princept is the one precept. where it's uh, twos for your. Oh, that, that's, the, uh, that's the other axiom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the other axiom. So many words that are not my native language. No, so no, agree. And then if you want, and then if you want, you could just. And you don't need to fucking shield break those things because hopefully you broke shield before. And then if you want, play three stratagem points, and now you get to shoot six lasers at strength 11. Targeting. 
That's funny. That's funny. That's really funny. All right. All right, that's it. Uh, I am hitting that guy with quake minds in turn one. Exactly. You, if you see Ibn Farouk ever on the field, you kill him. <laughs> if you yeah. see a name Titan, All you right. kill him. Yeah. All right. yeah. Um, I, I don't take name Titans for that reason. Um, All right, lead you. I, I, I well, thought about. I was looking at the book, and I was like, "Wait a minute, okay. hold on, hold the fuck up." <laughs> okay, let, let let's take a look at the time. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no. Look at the actual time, and tell because it is currently oh, wow. about to be midnight. I blame Steve. That's well. It's okay, but um, <laughs> with it being midnight, it maybe we get through four instead of six because. They're, we're we're going at a rate um, of about a half an hour for each of these. That's fine. We'll, we'll call here. Yeah, no, th that's not a problem. There's nothing wrong with that. If it takes longer, that's fine. But I know time wise, I know some people have to be up in the morning and stuff like that. You know, and we've now been recording for three hours and, like and eight minutes. I didn't even realize. I didn't even. Yep. And that's the first four legios done. And to think originally, we thought we were going to get through um, six at a time. Obviously, we got nowhere near that. But more depth, more discussion, all of that's better. Um, at this point, I do want to thank everyone for listening. Um, if you're listening on the podcast side, um, thank you for that. I will say, though, um, for the YouTube side, I did put a call out to the community to essentially, if there's any pictures they're willing to share of the Titans that they've painted for these different Legios, that I'd be putting those up, and I have done that. So um, this is one of the ones where it actually might be very good to watch it on the YouTube side so you can see a lot of these just, honestly, beautiful paint jobs. Um, I do want to thank everyone who did submit pictures and say it was okay to post those and all. Um, I'm going to constantly be asking for those again, especially as we get to these other Legios. Um, I do have one request, though. Um, I'm not as familiar with all your paint schemes as you are, obviously, the people who are doing those. So if you do post them, and I'll, I'll put a, a, a um, request up on the facebook um post where i do this it's just to say what legio it is that really just helps me uh, the last thing i'd want to do is get it wrong because maybe your color scheme let's face it some of these legios are somewhat similar in color schemes so i assume your color scheme is one way it's actually a different thing um wherever you found us if you found us through any form of a podcast or if you found us on youtube anything like that like share subscribes all those sorts of things greatly help us to be able to keep putting out content that we both love and we hope uh, is useful for the community that the community actually enjoys on behalf of everyone here have some good hobbying and some great gaming